11 Av, Yud Aleph Av, Tzadik, His Conversations, 493. The Rebbe once spoke about how people have all kinds of questions about the Tzadikim, especially about himself, for people had many questions about him. Speaking in a light vein, he said, Surely it is the very questions people ask about us that give us our livelihood and wealth. The tzaddikim occupy themselves with Torah for its own sake. Their wealth and livelihood come only through questions. Our rabbis raised a question about the verse, length of days in her right hand, and in her left, wealth and honor. Proverbs 3.16 They asked, how can it be that length of days is found in the Torah's right hand, but not wealth and honor? The answer they gave is that if length of days is to be found there, how much more so must wealth and honor be found? We see from this that through the very asking of the question itself, wealth and honor are drawn to the tzaddikim. The tzaddikim go to the right hand in the sense that they pursue the Torah for its own sake. Were it not for the fact that our rabbis asked this very question, there would have been no wealth or honor for the tzaddikim in accordance with the apparent meaning of the verse, which seems to imply that in her right hand there is only length of days. Yet, through the very question they asked, How can it be that length of days is found there, but not wealth and honor? Wealth and honor were indeed drawn to the tzaddikim. Thus it is that the rabbis answered, How much more so must there be wealth and honor? The inference is that the tzaddikim have their livelihood through the questions themselves, because essentially it is through questions that the tzaddikim have wealth and honor. 494 Even though the Rebbe said the above in a light-hearted vein, in the form of what is called in Yiddish a vertel, an actual fact, there is much more to it. The Rebbe's words contain great profundity and deep mystical meanings. Everything he said, even his light-hearted remarks, contain mystical meanings with an awesome degree of profundity. Even a simple person with a little intelligence can understand something of the awesome illusions they contain. Rabbi Nachman's Wisdom His Wisdom, 234 The Rebbe often encouraged people to seclude themselves in meditation and conversation with God. He said, Even if many days and years pass, and it seems that you have accomplished nothing with your words, do not abandon it. Every word makes an impression. It is written, Water wears away stone. Job 14.19 It may seem that water dripping on a stone cannot make any impression. Still, after many years, it can actually make a hole in the stone. We actually see this. Your heart may be like stone. It may seem that your words of prayer make no impression on it at all. Still, as the days and years pass, your heart of stone will also be penetrated. In our other works, there is considerable discussion of the importance of secluded meditation and conversation with God. Read those portions carefully, and most importantly, follow the advice written there, that it may be beneficial to you forever. The Aleph Bet Book Distancing the Wicked A. 18. The wicked joining forces is detrimental to one's serving God. 19. It is fitting and right for God's holy ones to create barriers and obstacles that will chase away all tyrannical and wicked people from them. B. 1. One who does not see through the deception of the wicked is detested by God. 2. Impostors cause those whom they deceive to suffer pain of the eyes. 
3. A person should avoid exchanging kisses with the wicked, for the kiss creates a bond that lasts even after death. 4. There are people who, despite being filled with heresy and atheism, are able to keep their thoughts hidden. Their deception is so clever that a person who comes in contact with them has no idea that he has to protect himself from them. However, when when a person possesses the quality of modesty, he will be saved from such atheists. 5. The wicked disrupt our serving God more by the mitzvot they do than by the sins they commit. This is the reason a Gentile who observes Shabbat deserves death. Kitzur Likutei Moharan 2. Lesson number 7. 3. Every person must fulfill this, namely, to have compassion on the Jewish people and to extricate them from sin, and to know and to make known that there is a God controlling the world and that there is no purpose or goal in the world other than to do God's will. For nothing remains of a person after his passing except this knowledge that he instilled in his fellow man. When one person speaks with another about the fear of heaven, and he shines into him the holy knowledge that he received from his Rav, using whatever words speak to his heart to remove him from his sins, the other person is then considered to be his student. Conversely, when another person shines godly knowledge into him, he is then considered the latter's student. Then, when his time comes to depart from the world, he will be clothed, so to speak, in those words that he shown into his fellow man. And it will be as if he himself still actually exists in the world. This is the perfected state of the soul. It is incumbent on every person to endeavor to do this, because he did not create it, meaning the world, to be desolate. He fashioned it to be inhabited. Isaiah 45.18 And just as a person is commanded to bring children into the world, for the perpetuation of the human race, so is he commanded to instill knowledge and fear of heaven in other people, since, lacking this knowledge, they are not considered human beings at all. 4. When a person wishes to speak with another person about the fear of heaven, he must also have compassion on himself to remove himself from sin, and he himself must possess fear of heaven. Then his words will be heard, and they will remain with the other person, and they will not pass immediately out of the other person's heart. 5. By involving himself in speaking with other people about the fear of heaven, a person merits to comprehend the surrounding lights. This means that he merits to grasp and to understand that which he did not grasp or understand initially, and so he merits on each occasion to comprehend more exalted concepts commensurate with his level. 6. The highest levels of all are the exalted makifim, surrounding levels of knowledge, of the sage of the generation. Now, when this outstanding sage of the generation places his knowledge into his students and involves himself in speaking with them about the fear of heaven, he thereby comprehends his makifim, which are identified with the world to come. For the world to come is above time, and the whole span of time of this entire world past and future, is absolutely nothing compared with one day, even with one moment, of the world to come, which is the day that is wholly long. The world to come transcends all time, and time does not exist there at all. Rather, 
the time divisions that exist there are these makifim, with levels corresponding to days and levels corresponding to years. The comprehension of these makifim is the main pleasure and delight of the world to come. And they are what is described in the verse, How great is your good that you have stored away for those who fear you. Psalms 31.20 Fortunate is he who merits to comprehend them. Rabbi Nachman's Stories There was once a great saint who had completely overcome his sexual desires. When he had perfected himself sexually, he ascended to the highest worlds. There he saw a pot full of flesh and bones. What is this? he asked. He was told this was once an extremely beautiful woman, but she would warm up her body to sin. Therefore, she is being warmed here in this pot. He wanted to see what she looked like. He was given divine names so that he was able to reassemble her as she was during life. He saw that she was a very great beauty. From this, we can see how improper this type of desire is. If a woman were cut into little pieces, how much desire would be left for her? Rebunasan's Letters, Year 1, Letter Number 198 The days of the great trial and judgment of Rosh Hashanah are rapidly approaching and we have already blessed the arrival of Rosh Chodesh of Elul, which falls this week. This is the trial we must shudder in fear of, for it pertains to our eternal lives, and it is impossible to bribe with money or appease with words. All the fear that I am presently experiencing over this trial of mine is in order for me to remember and not to forget the fear of the judgment of Rosh Hashanah, and even more so, the day of the great and awesome final judgment. We must elevate all our worries and fears and not be afraid or daunted by anything but God. We have to know and believe that all the anxiety and fears that come upon a person, especially the kind that we have right now, are meant to remind us to tremble and shake in fear of God. For when a person remembers the fear of God, even though each person knows in his heart that he is far from being innocent, he can immediately rejoice and be truly alive. For the fear of God increases one's days, and fear of God gives life. The perfection of the right kind of fear is that a person's great fear leads him to joy, as is written, Rejoice with trembling. And this is effected by the power of the true tzaddik. For when we begin to be scared and tremble over how much we have done wrong, we immediately encourage ourselves and bring ourselves to joy that we rely on a great and awesome power such as this. What is more, we ourselves have also merited to grab every day many points of good with which to encourage ourselves. In this way, a person can achieve clarity of thought. In order to grow all he can in every way possible, he can daily renew and strengthen his desire and yearning for holiness. And through the power of speech, he can bring these desires from potential to actual we can truly say, Ashrenu, that we know about all this, and much, much more. We will never be ashamed after knowing about truth such as this. We must always remember what the Rebbe said. What do we have to be ashamed of? I cannot write any more. The words of your father, waiting for salvation. Nussin of Nussin's Breslau. Letters, Year 2, Letter number 452. And ask for your writing as if in praise of me, that if I had wanted... These things would not happen to you. Well, this is even more ridiculous. If our father Yaakov said, Am I in place of God? 
Genesis 32? What shall we who are the orphans of orphans say? It is true that even I in my destitution am obliged to pray for our comrades, and in particular for you and for all the Rebbe's descendants. And I also do have the Rebbe's great power behind me. Nonetheless, it is forbidden and impossible to stubbornly demand anything of God. We must only request with many petitions and supplications, and God will do what is good. God hears the prayer of every mouth, but, as it says in the Holy Zohar, there are times that He does not listen, God forbid. It is time for the afternoon prayers, and the post leaves soon, so it is impossible to continue. The final word is, Fear God and keep His commandments. And it is forbidden to question God's ways. Hope to God and He will save you. May you merit to raise your daughters to chuppah and good deeds, and may they live good, long lives. May you have and raise up more healthy sons and daughters to the service of God. May you attain great ascendancy and honor, and may you begin from now on to add more good deeds and charity. May you express yourself before God every day, and may you increase your daily study of the Holy Torah, especially your study of the Rebbe's books. God is our hope that everything will turn into good. May you there and we here merit to receive the coming holy festival of Pesach in joy. And may God save us in all that we need to be saved. I am extremely pressured and preoccupied now, and it is impossible to continue. Please acknowledge receipt of this letter immediately. Also, send me the money that you promised me for Pesach, and try to collect all that you can from our comrades. My situation now is extremely tight, and I have a great many expenses. I'm sure that you will act swiftly in this matter on your own initiative. The words of your true friend forever, who loves you heart and soul, writing amidst bitter pain, hoping and waiting for salvation, but now too I try to turn the grief and sighing into happiness and joy. Salvation is in God's hands. Nasan of Breslov. Shemot HaTzadikim. Names of Tanaim and Amaraim. Dalit. Daru Bar Papa. Deva Demin Charuv. Rabidosa Ben Herkinus. Rabidosa Mimalchia. Rabidosa Bar Tavat. Dustai Ishk Faryatma. Rabidustai Berabiyanai. Rabidustai Berabi Yehuda. Rabidustai Demin Bira. Rabidusti Sava. Rabidustai Bar Matun. Rabidustai Mibei Yeshevav. Ravdimi Bar Shishna. Ravdimi Bar Yitzchak. Ravdimi Stam. Bar Yosef. Ravdimi Bar Chenena. Ravdimi Bar Nechemia. Barid Rav Yosef. Ravdimi Achua de Rav Safra. Ravdimi Bar Abba. Ravdimi Barid Rav Huna Midam Harin. Another version. Ravdimi Barid Rav Kahana. Ravdimi bar Levi. Ravdimi mina hardal. Ravdala bar Tavyumi. Ravdalia. Ravdaniel bar Rav Katina. Daniel Chayata. Rabbi Drustai. Rav Nassan's prayers 2. Prayer number 33 on the Kutimaran 2, 67. From now on, may we sanctify our minds and awareness. May we no longer have any extraneous thoughts and certainly not engage in any fantasies at all, heaven forbid. May we engage in many Torah thoughts and constantly create many true Torah insights in accordance with your good will. May I sanctify my eyes from now on so that I will no longer look at forbidden sights, and how much more, never gaze in a way that leads to fantasizing, heaven forbid. 
May I always know how to act in regard to this matter. May I not experience fear that would lead me to engage in exaggerated behavior, such as shaking my head back and forth and squeezing my eyes shut, which can actually lead to more fantasizing, as all of this is revealed to you. Instead, may I attain true awareness and know how to direct my eyes with true holiness and purity, in accordance with your good will, so that I will be rescued and guarded from every evil matter. In your mighty kindness, truly sanctify my eyes from now on. May I sanctify and purify all of the four basic elements within me with great holiness. May I always add holiness to holiness until I will be entirely good and no sights in the world will ever harm my eyes again. No matter what I see with my eyes, may no fantasies or extraneous thoughts enter my consciousness and mind at all. May no sight or vision confuse my mind at all. Instead, may I always cling to your holiness. Master of the entire world, refine me so that I will attain all of this quickly, even though at present I am so far from it all that even making this request of you is difficult for me. Nonetheless, I trust and rely that in your vast compassion and in the power of the true tzaddikim, you will help me attain all of this quickly, because you can do everything. No purpose can be withheld from you. You perform wonders in every generation, and nothing is beyond you. Have compassion on me, you who are filled with compassion, mighty in loving kindness and truth, performing much good, generously forgiving sinners and absolving offenders, performing righteousness for all flesh and spirit. The Midnight Rectification In your mighty kindness, help me, save me, strengthen me and bolster me in your wondrous ways, so that from now on I will arise every night at midnight to recite the Tikkun Chatzot, the Midnight Rectification. May I mourn, lament, and weep a great deal over the destruction of the Temple, our holy and beautiful Temple, the house of our life and length of our days, our beautiful Temple, our lovely adornment, our exalted strength, our splendor, our radiance, our magnificence, and our holiness. Woe! What happened to us? With our sins we caused our Temple, the place of your mighty presence, the place of Torah and prayer, to be destroyed. It was the place of the revelation of your godliness, where we were able to draw the comprehension of your godliness onto ourselves, so that we might know and recognize you even in this physical world, and cling to you forever. Master of the world, Master of the world, what has happened has happened. Our temple was destroyed, and the tzaddikim died for our sins, and what has been has been. For this I weep, for these I weep, my eye... My eye sheds tears. Because of my sins that are multitudinous, intense, and grave in character, quantity, and quality, I have delayed the rebuilding of the temple. And who knows, perhaps in my first incarnation I literally caused the destruction of the temple. Woe to me for my transgressions. Woe to me for my sins. Woe to me for my offenses that I committed in my present and previous incarnations. Woe, what have I done? A being as filthy and foul as myself caused the destruction of the temple and delayed its rebuilding and the redemption of the Jewish people, their restoration to their land. Woe to me that with my sins, with my evil and bitter lusts, I destroyed the temple, burned the holy palace, exiled the children of Israel among the nations and lengthened the exile. Master of the world, 
Master of the world, you are filled with compassion. Teach me how to call out to you now, how to cry out for my bitter and embittered broken state now, how to raise my eyes to you now, how to spend each day in true goodness now. Where shall I flee? Where shall I run for help? What shall I do? How should I act? How can I deserve to spend my day with true life, with true holiness? How will I save my soul from destruction? How will I save my soul as a refugee from your judgment and anger, from your harsh and bitter punishment? May the compassionate one protect us. How will I save myself from curses, insults, and disgrace in this world and the next? Master of the world, Master of the world, act for the sake of your name. Sanctify your name for the sake of its glory. May we magnify and sanctify your great name in the world. You who are filled with compassion, Master of all, you who know hidden things, you know all of the work that is performed under the sun. Now, in our generations, and how, because of our many sins, the world has been disordered and disrupted beyond measure or estimate. 